Spoiler warning. The following discussion will contain spoilers. We recommend checking out the movie first, then coming back to hang with us. But if you don't care about that, glad to have you here. Alright everybody, welcome back to another episode of The Real Review. My name is Kevin. And I'm John. And we are The Real Movie Guys. On today's episode, we'll be reviewing Moneyball. Uh, thank you again for joining us for Real Sports Month. This is a month where we take a look at some of your favorite sports movies you may or may not have seen. Uh, Oakland A's general manager, Billy Bean, successfully attempts to assemble a baseball team on a lean budget by employing computer-generated analysis to acquire new players. Moneyball is a very interesting movie i will say uh not something i think i would have gone out of my way to watch prior to this series that we're doing uh it's about you know the mechanics behind the scenes of baseball trading assembling teams uh john why don't you go into a little more detail about that what this movie essentially is about i mean the the essential this movie is about is it's almost like an inside look into a baseball organization Mm -hmm. and how they conduct business. So with this team, with the Oakland A's, Mm -hmm. they were conducting business in a different way where they were trying to just use pretty much computer statistics. Mm -hmm. They weren't looking at players' names or players. They were looking at pretty much just players' stats and what they wanted. So what they wanted from players was to get on base. Mm -hmm. They didn't care how they got on base. Mm-hmm. which way they got on base or how many bases they got as long as they get on base. Right. So they were pretty much trying to pay a certain amount to a very under a salary cap mm-hmm. that they can afford mm-hmm. to get players in here that would just get on base. Mm-hmm. So instead of having guys like Jason Giambi mm-hmm. and Johnny Damon, which at high prices you'd have to pay for these guys, mm-hmm. they can try to get, three or four players to take over that position, Mm -hmm. but can get the same production out of bases as they could Mm -hmm. not home run specifically or RBIs just on base percentage. That's what the main key that they were looking at for this. Okay. So that being said, I'm not super into statistic of baseball, you know, knowing everything that's going on. I don't, I don't, I'm not going to lie to anybody. I really don't. This movie, though, I felt like I was still able to follow the movie. It did a good job. It didn't downright explain everything to me, which is okay. But I was still able to follow the movie, which is my first real big compliment I want to give this movie. Uh, I like to think of this movie as it's a layered layered storytelling, right? And what I mean by that when I say layered storytelling is there's something for everyone for this movie, right? There's something for people who are into baseball history, There's something that you can get out of that. There's something for the storytelling aspect of it, you know, for the people that love the drama, the behind the scenes. Uh, There's something for the the person who loves innovation, right? You see someone overcome an antiquated system to innovate for the future. Uh, There's something that I think everyone, while you may not like everything that's in this movie or necessarily be the most informed about it, I think it does a good enough job to where you understand the movie overall. Yeah, definitely. And you can definitely get something out of that. And going into that, I really want to talk about the actors, right? The biggest compliment I can give this movie is Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt is an interesting actor, right? He has a career. He's the pretty boy. He's the guy, you know, in Fight Club and in Glorious Bastards. You know, he's not not maybe known (laughs) for his thematic 
ability. Brad Pitt is so friggin' multidimensional in this movie. It, it blew my mind, uh, to be quite yeah. honest with you. The show, he jumps from, a mo- like, I forgot it was Brad Pitt. I'll be a thousand percent with you. I And that's not, that's not easy to do with such a huge actor, with such a stigma as Brad Pitt. I was able to see him happy, able to see him sad, anger. Like, the, the sheer anger he shows in some of these scenes is just like it's kind of riveting and you're just like, you get invested in his story. Uh, oh yeah. Like when he's walk, well, the anger, yeah. like you could see like just when he's walking through the locker room after that loss. Right. And here, here's these guys like just singing and joking around mm-hmm. and it gets him frustrated because he's thinking about how hard, how much hard work he does, mm-hmm. and how much time he's taken away from his daughter and stuff. Right. To do this stuff. And he's walking in there and they're all happy about a loss. And it makes him think like, hey, I don't want this kind of attitude here. No, and it's just like, it's just the facets of his performance. He's very subdued through a lot of the movies. You don't really see him, you see him be very, He's overall he's a very energetic character, which you, I think you have to be, to be a general manager, especially when they have the trades going on and he has to, you know, negotiate things. Uh, he has to be that at another level as far as his energy. But at the same time, his emotions are very subdued. Like he doesn't interact with the players till later on. He starts to interact more. Uh, and you see even more behind his character when you go into his history as I guess, again, I can't speak for this, but based on what the movie's telling me, not many former players become general managers. I feel like that's not a common thing. That's that's what they kind of, they said they, they hint at it in the movie where they say, Oh, you know, Oh, you want to become a, a scout. And then I guess he becomes a scout and elevates himself to become a general manager. But through his failings, it's it's interesting because he has such a disdain for baseball, but he still has such a dramatic love for the sport too. It's like it's like it's like a drug for him almost, the sport. He hates it. He knows he shouldn't be doing it or he has no business being there, but he still loves it at the same time. Especially some of the more quiet scenes where He's just sitting there listening to the game. He turns it on and off constantly, right? Like he, he thinks he's going to jinx it by just being involved. He turns like the radio on and off or the TV on and off. He's like working out, right? There's a scene he's working out where he's watching the game. And he's just got all this anger towards like It's just anger towards baseball because he doesn't want to watch it or be a part of it, but he knows he's good at his job at the same time. Well, yeah, I think it's a weird like thing where like he almost hated his job. He hated his job so much Mm -hmm. that he couldn't enjoy even when the victories came, he couldn't enjoy it because like they showed back when he was like a kid and he signed his first major league contract instead of going to college. Mm -hmm. And that messed him up because he couldn't make it and stuff and things just weren't going good for him. And now it's so close that mm -hmm. he's doing a good job. And then they're like, everyone's talking about trying to fire him. So that gets him all fired up again where he thinks back to when he was a kid and he was trying to make the baseball team and he didn't want to feel like that again. Yeah. He couldn't make it. And it's like, I can't make it again and I have nothing else to turn back on. And yeah. it's also interesting because it's like, he doesn't hate, I don't want to say he hates baseball. He hates what baseball has become more than anything else. I think he hates the money practice, the money ball, literally that they're playing. He hates what it become. And 
and well, also by hating it, he also became in, in, enveloped in it. I think he's more just angry at the system. Just I think, you know, he gives that that speech early on, that little like that little tidbit where he's just like, "Here's the Yankees. Here's the the poor teams. Here's the pile of shit, and then here's us at the bottom." And it is. It's such a gap. I mean, you you would know more than I do, but there are there are gaps between teams in baseball like that. Who you oh, can yeah. afford? I mean, you're. Well, that's. Not, it's not always guaranteed, right? I mean, there. I guess there are examples of where maybe not the highest paid team wins the World Series, but your odds are stacked, arguably stacked a lot higher if you have that money to spend on those elite players. Uh, Jonah Hill plays Peter Brand, uh, very nerdy boy. <laughs> nerdy boy who loves sports uh i don't think he's the inventor of the algorithm i mean i, I was trying to they, they mentioned it was somebody else made it but he comes up with a formula that they can use to find maybe the players that the mlb overlooks mm-hmm. not overlooks but they they have a they have an algorithm to win to steal bases and you know just get to first base right is ultimately like one of the goals is just get to base that's all get that's on all base. that matters get on base and as i love that scene too where he's like what are we doing getting on base what are we doing <laughs> points to him oh, oh me uh, get, getting on base uh again jonah hill was great in this movie i mean i can't think of a really jonah hill has some serious um you know portrayals of acting that he's done in movies uh i believe this was probably his most believable um, another where I forgot it was him as well at times. I thought him and Brad Pitt awkwardly had great chemistry together. Not two <laughs> actors I would have ever put together in a movie, uh, but their chemistry was very believable. And I do like their little banter relationship. It's funny to see how much stock Brad Pitt puts into Jonah Hill. It's almost like this is his final his final gamble is with Jonah Hill. You know, he's what? like, all right, I, 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 I gotta go. Th- I gotta see this through. I gotta see if this works. There has to be another way than what we've been doing, and this is all I got left. I have nothing else to do. Well, also, like Jonah Hill says to, I think Brad Pitt in one of the scenes, he goes, mm-hmm. "Well, if we're gonna do this, we have to do this a hundred percent of the way. Right. We can't just go off course because, like, they start losing, and then Brad Pitt's like, "Well, was this so in your algorithm? Out. Yeah. And he's like. Well, it's still gonna take some time. You gotta mm. let it work, do its work, and he's like, "All right." And he has to explain that to like other people too, mm-hmm. like when he's talking to the scouts in the meeting room, mm-hmm. and he's like, "They're all saying different players," and he's like, "You know, like I don't have to listen to any of you." And they were like, "Well, then what are we doing here?" Yeah. And he's like, "Well, I don't really know why you're here, no, yeah. but this is what's gonna happen, and that's yeah. it." And then eventually he tells Jonah Hill, like, don't explain it. You know, yeah. I don't need you to explain it. Just do it. Let's, Just let, get it, let's, let's get this done. And again, Jonah Hill was amazing, you know, not to be outdone by, I mean, Brad Pitt, of course, steals the show, but Jonah Hill, excellent portrayal in this movie. Uh, yeah. I feel like this was one of Jonah Hill's like better movies too. Yeah, yeah. That he's done. Like usually in movies, he's like a, a joke and everything, mm. like a funny guy. Yeah, he's the funny but, man, not this movie, though. But in this movie, he's just, like, really good, and he seems really believable, too. Yeah, I really like that. Uh, last actor, I really want to... Again, not many other characters, I feel like, get, you know, some show. Uh, Chris Pratt's in this movie, uh, famous from Parks and Rec and um, Guardians of the Galaxy. He's in this movie. Very small role as a player. Uh, oh, okay. I was going to say... I don't remember seeing him. Yeah, that was him. That, now was, I do. that was Star-Lord. That was Mr. Star-Lord <laughs> himself there. Uh, you know, it was very, very early on in his career. Um, 
he was good. You know, like I said, he, they added some dimension to the players. I don't know how... I would argue maybe it wasn't extremely necessary. Well, the few times where, you know, I've complained in sports movies where, like, oh, we need we need these, you know, <laughs> character developments. Um, this is one of those times where I don't think it was extremely necessary to what was going on. Uh, I think they were... Did a good job, though, you know? I think they were only trying to show it where... They were trying to make it show it where... Like these are sometimes the hard decisions that these owners need to make and stuff, such mm-hmm. as like cutting players that have just moved or players with families and stuff and trading them away. I think it was just trying to show that in a little bit. Mm-hmm. I mean, of like what they kind of go through. Yeah. I like guess some it, people can't, some people can't handle that stuff, you know? Yeah. I mean, and they have a whole scene with um, which was a good scene too, between Brad Pitt and Jonah Hill, like Brad Pitt's trying to explain to him how to fire somebody. And he yeah. tells him like what he's supposed to do, like don't get involved. And um, again, good scene, you know. Just I have just some thoughts on that this, later. And then tell him to go to the sky. Yeah, I got some thoughts on that later. But the other actor I want to talk about, uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman's in this movie, who you know passed a couple of years, I believe, a couple of years after this movie. Uh, he plays the coach of the A's. Uh, did he didn't have a big role, right? I don't think he was super involved, but his role was very strong at the same time because he played the coach that doesn't want to move on from the form to what's been, you know, to what baseball is his mind is, you know, you play the game, you know, the traditions that they've had for years, Brad Pitt comes in and tells him, no, this is what we're going to do. And then Philip Seymour Hoffman's kind of on the chopping block. They only gave him like a year of renewal uh, contract. So he's like, I don't know. You know, I got to do what I got to do. I can't be, you know, doing this crazy thing, risking my career. And then towards the end of the movie, he plays Hattenberg, Chris Pratt, and he hits a home run and wins the game to continue the streak showing like the whole time he's been telling him play this kid. And he's like, no, I'm not playing. I'm not playing uh, Hattenberg, Chris Pratt. I'm not playing him. You know, he's got a pair or whatever, uh, no feeling in his arm or whatever. I, I, I don't need him up there. Sure enough. He goes up there. He hits a home run and, you know, wins the game. But well, I think yeah. I, I like that. Main... Pol- I like his polarizing performance to Brad Pitt. I think is interesting. Yeah. Well, I think like his main thing was too that he didn't feel he wanted more years on his contract, and then he would have done whatever they wanted him to do. But the fact that he was pretty much they were pretty much telling him that this is like your last year. Mm-hmm. So he didn't he didn't want his record to be so terrible that. When other people were looking at him, they're like, "Oh, well, look at the job you did here." Mm-hmm. Well, he so that's why on, he was so against it. He comments on something like that, isn't it? Where he's they're talking about like, "Oh, I'll put that on my resume" or something like that. Yeah, <laughs> something about that. But uh, again, great performance. I don't want that to be overlooked because uh, he did contribute a decent, you know, again, not a huge role, but I think he was a good foil character for what Brad Pitt. The whole theme, which is something I'm getting into next, where you know, breaking tradition and innovation uh innovation in any industry is very hard to do especially when you're on a formula or a path that has worked arguably money in baseball spending money on the best team finding the best players has been the the formula right that that's what scouts are for they find the best people who are best at what positions not necessarily looking at a different angle or looking at theorems or you know equations but Maybe this other method, there's something to it, which, you know, is proven to work to an extent. Um, I mean, they had a 20-game win streak, and then two years later, the Boston Red Sox did the same thing. But they won, they have a win streak, but they won the World Series using the same formula. So, again, maybe it doesn't work 100% of the time, but it is an innovation. And it shows that 
even in baseball, people are afraid of innovation, just like in anything. Yeah, definitely. And I really like that. I think that's very, you know, it's very, it's good for people to see. You know, innovation's hard, and I think this movie does a really good job of just showing, you know, the str- showing the struggle of that innovation. Yeah, I agree. There's two scenes I really do enjoy in this movie. Uh, the first scene that like made me, you know, take more notice. I think in this movie was the whole trading scene with Jonah Hill and Brad Pitt, where they're going back and forth on like three different phones and they're trading players and he's making a backhand deal and he's making another deal. He doesn't even have that player yet to make that deal. And then Jonah Hill seals it and he's like freaking out and they're like, they're going crazy. Uh, That interaction I think is just classic. And I can kind of believe that, right? You kind of want to believe that, that 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 happens behind the scenes, that there's that kind of sports trading going on that you're, you're making 10 deals ahead when you haven't finished the first one yet, you know? And I really oh, like that. I think that that captures a lot of maybe modern baseball today. I, I would think. I mean, I'm not super behind the scenes, but uh, I, I could see that. Uh, my other favorite scene, and I, I mentioned it earlier, is I, I love the end of this movie. Uh, you know, Brad Pitt just turned down the contract. He gets offered a contract by the Boston Red Sox that would have made him the highest paid general manager in history. It was like two million something, something crazy whatever it was for be a, a stinking general manager, he turns it down and his daughter plays music and he has a CD and he puts it in his car and she's singing him a song. Uh, it's, it's a cover song she made by uh, the artist Lenka. It's called the show and the lyrics. It's, it's just weird. Cause you wouldn't think a movie would just kind of end with this, but it kind of tells you everything you need to know. I think about the ending example of the lyrics, you know, I'm just a little bit caught in the middle. Life is a maze. Love is a riddle. I don't know where to go. I can't do it alone. I've tried and I don't know why it's bringing me down. I know I've got to let it go and just enjoy the show. And ultimately I think that embodies everything Brad Pitt's character really needed to do. And, you know, he didn't take that big money contract because it would have been a contradiction to everything he's worked for as far as, you know, trying to build this team out of nothing. And he would just become another player that they're, you know, they're buying up talent. He wanted to try and make his mark somewhere else with limited resources. He really wanted to show, I think, that his experiment works. And it does. And they have that scene, too, with Jonah Hill, where Jonah Hill shows him the baseball player who's afraid of sec- afraid of going to second base. He, uh, he hits he hits the ball, he runs to first base, and then he's about to run to second, and he gets he freaks out and it, you know slides back to first, and everyone's like, what are you doing? What are you doing? Not realizing he hit a home run, which is, and, 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 you know, it's kind of, it's a little bit on the nose, which is kind of funny. Joey Hill's like, that, you know, that's a metaphor for, you know, what I'm talking to you about. And he's like, yeah, yeah, I know. And I just think that's so powerful. And like I said, that end song, just, it really gets you, and the movie just kind of fades out from that end song. And I think it was just a really strong diff different, very strong though. Very strong, you know, ending. Yeah. Because again, ultimately that that's the most purest form of any relationship he had in the movie is the one he had with his daughter. He wouldn't connect to anybody else really in the movie, except his daughter was the one thing that was the only non contaminated thing in his life. I love the scenes with his daughter. Like I really like those scenes a lot. I think they add a lot to the movie, but that's where we get into my negative with this movie is it's too long. This movie's like two hours, 15 minutes. And there's a bunch of scenes. You really, they really needed to go in take the scissors and trim the fat. Cause this movie is way too long, especially for a movie. That's mostly, I hate to simplify it to this. It's mostly talking, <laughs> right? This movie, they're just talking most of the time. 
And there's just yeah. a lot. And there's long stretches of just dialogue. Like, some of the scenes are so long. And they feel long at times. And I think that hurts the pacing of the movie. The pacing's kind of all over the place. I feel like we're building up to something, and then we just stop. Because we have this long, drawn-out scene of dialogue. And like you said, it just hurts the pacing dramatically, I think. A mix of footage and film. Uh, we talked about this in another review that we had talked about, uh, Miracle. We are reviewing that movie. I don't like stock footage. I do not like it. And this movie even makes the biggest cardinal sin of them all is it uses both. At times, it's using actual footage of a baseball game. And then at times, it's blending it with like dramatic interpretations of what happened on the on the field. Like it'll, it's weird because it'll show like the A's playing a game, right? It'll actually be real archival footage of a baseball game. And then it shows the players playing the game, but it's like, you're mixing the two together. It distorts the realities to me. Uh, either use all or one or the other, preferably just use your actors. That's what you're paying them for. Uh, just use that footage. You know what I mean? I feel like, I felt like it was almost a cost cutting measure for them. Like, oh, we don't have to stack the, the the crowds and we don't have to put all these crowds in if we just use archive footage. Uh, what kind of slimy I mean, to me. I didn't really, they, it wasn't necessary. They could have done like the goons did and just made cardboard yeah. cutouts. Or you could, you know, just stack your stadium. I mean, I don't think it's hard to get that many extras, <laughs> especially to go to a fake, you know, I'm sure have Brad Pitt give a speech, you have that thing filled or something. Not a big, <laughs> again, I just think that was, that took me out of it a little bit. I just like, that was distracting. That made it feel almost lifetime movie-ish. Like, like, you know, like, you know, when you watch like an ID channel, like murder recreation, they'll have like uh-huh. the, they'll have the footage of like, oh, the news broadcaster outside. Then you have a dramatic <laughs> reenactment. It felt like I that love- at times to me. And it, like, it really annoyed me. Again, that could be I, subjective. I love that kind of stuff. <laughs> I do, but I don't like it in my movies, especially in my <laughs> movies with, you know, that should have a budget. Um, last thing I want to get into. And again, this is more, this is more, I guess, my opinion more than like not. I think there's still, even though I compliment this movie talking about baseball and giving its, you know, its explanations and whatnot, there's still a bit of a barrier to entry, right? If you don't understand some of the core mechanics of baseball, especially like the whole scoring, you know, the scoring system, you know, the RPIs, everything like that. If you don't understand that, sometimes it is hard to follow at times, especially when there's so many names being thrown around for trading, it can be a little hard to follow. Like, I'm sure, John, I'm sure you had an easier time with it than I did, understanding what they were talking about. But some of the some of the math and stuff they're going through, I, it didn't really click with me at times. Not because I don't know math, but because I don't maybe know the exact <laughs> terminology that they're using. Again, it's not a huge deal, but I think it is, you know, it's something that's still there. There is still a bit of a barrier to entry that they could have eased a little bit for people that aren't familiar yeah, I think that's the one thing too. Like, you see in a lot of, you see in some movies where like, movies will have people who understand the movie more, right? Because they know more about like the, mm-hmm. say like when this movie, like if you know more about baseball or like the inside knowledge of baseball, right? Maybe you might get more of that, more out of it than that than other stuff. Yeah, where like certain movies you don't have like. Cause I feel like, like you were saying how long this movie was. Mm-hmm. So if they went, if they started trying to go into more of that, like to help you out more, mm-hmm. it would be even longer. And I feel like yeah. that would take away from some of it. Agreed. Agreed. And I think that's part of the layered, like I did, I taught, and again, I, I kind of contradict myself in a way. Cause I said it's a layered movie. So maybe that part of the movie is not made for me. 
You know, it's made for the baseball fans and the people that understand that. But at the same time, I, I can I think there's an argument to be made that they can to give a little more. You know what I mean? Yeah, to definitely. help us understand it more. That's all. A hundred percent. Yeah. That was like, super negative, but it's I think it's relevant. And I think, again, me, I'm more I'm more OK with it. You know, I'm not easily like, oh, I'm discouraged. I'm not going to watch this movie. But I think someone who doesn't like isn't as into like maybe has a slight enjoyment of baseball, but isn't into the mechanics necessarily. I think they're going to have a harder time grasping some of the, the more interesting aspects of this movie. Overall, I think this is a really good movie. Um, I, th it's actually, ironically, this is made, uh, written by Ann Sorkin, uh, who's one of the, is the writer of a social network, which I will address on this channel. It's actually one of my favorite movies. Uh, I see a lot of parallels in the script between the two. I definitely see, you know, they have the, the same kind of character types and overcoming the story. I don't think this is as strong as Social Network, but I think still an overall really great movie. Yeah. So at that point, let's give our final scores. I'm going to give Moneyball a B plus. Moneyball's good. It's really good. I think you'll get a lot of enjoyment at it. Again, I enjoyed it a lot more than I expected to. Uh, if you're interested in baseball statistics and innovations that happen every day in baseball i think Moneyball's for you uh if you're maybe not so much interested in that you know you just you're looking for maybe an interesting story there's something to be had there uh if anything the highest recommendation i'd give it is just brad pitt's performance i would argue this is one of his best performances of his career would be in this movie especially with how different dimensionally you know different dimensional his acting is at this point uh again strong recommendation from me john where are you at with this movie? Interesting, because I actually give it um, a B plus too. Oh, okay. I didn't feel like it reaches the A tier of the movies, right? But I felt like it was a good enough. It's a good movie. Mm -hmm. It's definitely one you should check out. Mm -hmm. But I also didn't think it was like reached that high top that it could. I felt like, like you said, some of it was a little bit too long. Yeah, and that sometimes draws away from different things, and I mm -hmm. just thought that. But it had enough really good stuff in it and knowledgeable stuff that like showed things in a real term that I thought was good. Right. And I, again, I can't agree more with, you know, it's funny. We've been agreeing a lot lately on these movies. Um, but yeah, this is something, you know, it was nominated for best picture. I, I know there were some best supporting and uh, best back, best actor nominations. Uh, we are considering doing something in the future about, you know, a comparing Academy award movies, uh, you know, give us your suggestions if you think that's a good idea, if that's something you'd like to us to speak upon it. I'd like to see, you know, what other movies Moneyball was up against when it was nominated for Best Picture. Uh, maybe it did deserve it. Maybe it didn't. To, who's to say? But, if again, if you're interested in that, let us know in the comments. That's something we'll address. Uh, but, John, where can the people find us at home? You can find us on YouTube, at The Real Movie Guys on YouTube. You can like our... We would like you to like our channel. Mm-hmm. We would like you to subscribe, hit the notification bell so you can see when we upload and stuff. You can also find us at The Real Movie Guy on Twitter. You can follow us there, tweet at us, let us know your opinions and stuff. And we're also located on very many pl podcast platforms such as... Yes, for your listening pleasure, we are also available in podcast form at iTunes, Spotify, Anchor, Google Podcast, Overcast, Breaker, Radio Public, and Pocket Cast. Be sure to give us a listen at any of those fine places. If you already are right now, hey, we greatly appreciate it. Just search Real Movie Guys, we'll pop right up. 
thank you all again so much for joining us for this episode of The Real Review. My name's Kevin. This guy over here, he's John. We are The Real Movie Guys. Real guys, real movies, real thoughts. And stay tuned for another episode of Real Sports Month as we continue our journey. Play the sports, watch the movies. See you next time. See you!